a listener production. Hi, the person you have called is not available. Please leave a short 10-second message after the tone for... The Howie Games Hotline. Hello and welcome along to all you fine people out there. Howie Hotline number 8. We need you to get involved with questions 0434 694 301. I'll give you that number one more time as they say on the wireless. 0434 694 301 or it's 043-HOWIE-01. Send your message in. Best if you record it on your phone and text it through or WhatsApp it through or leave us a voice message. We can get that technology too. Appreciate everyone involved in the show and my main man who is coming to me remotely because <laughs> he's in lockdown like I am, who has been yeah. working like a Trojan since the Artist Series launched. Dust is here. Hello to you, brother. How are you, mate? I'm good, man. How are you? Um, it's been a it's been a busy time in the Howie Games field. It's been extremely busy. Uh, it's been a while since we've done a hotline because we just really haven't had time to do. It's probably been a couple of months and I was a bit nervous that you'd gone missing or something, but you only email me 400 times a day. So I was pretty <laughs> sure you're still alive. There's been a lot of content. Thanks to everyone that started listening to the Artist Series, which is going really well and it's it's fantastic it's well. to work on. How have you gone old, mate, when I just send you Stephanie Rice and then Jimmy Anderson and then uh, Curtis McGrath and then Paul Kelly and then the Tame Impala and then Gene Kirkwood. <laughs> There's a bit going on. There's a bit going on, but um, you know, I hope everyone's enjoying them because they are fun. They are fun to put together. It's taking a bit of time, um, but you know, all the time that I have to spend on it, you you do even more. So, Uh, well, the numbers are good though. It was a record month last month. I've been reliably informed by those high up the Howie Games chain. Um, which That's is awesome. basically me. So <laughs> thanks to everybody for listening and letting us uh, achieve that. Uh, lockdown, we're still in lockdown, but when this goes out, New South Wales have got freedom. The rest of the country is going pretty well. Victoria is nearly there, my man. We are nearly there. Yeah, so they're saying we're going to come out of this early, Howie. Early. Hang on. What do you, what do you think <laughs> well, of that? Well, I read in the paper this morning we were coming out early. This was sold to me as a... Snap, seven-day lockdown, <laughs> which has now gone 12 weeks. So I'm not sure I understand the term early, but nevertheless, I'm happy to be out very soon and hopefully You've got a longer memory. Out. You've got a longer well, memory than some, mate. I think, I, think they, I think they count on people just their brains just <laughs> turn to mush and they don't remember anything. But I just hope people can be in the arms of their loved ones and their mums and dads and friends and family really, really soon. And it has been a really difficult time, but... We are out of it. Uh, they've declared that an ashes is coming. So in my world, all is good, Big Daddy. All is good. That's great. What's the what, what's the go with that? Are they getting a, a full squad of they are they listers? Are. Or? Well, at this stage, the English team, apart from Archer and Stokes, are in. Stokes has got a finger issue, um, and Joffre, I think, has got an issue with his elbow. But Joe Root's here, Jimmy Anderson, Stuart Broad, they're all there. So okay. um, I thought it was a strong team, but then when I read the English press, um, diabolical disgusting, debacle, such words came right. out of Fleet Street, but I think they'll be okay. They'll be okay. So looking forward to that. <laughs> Nothing unusual for the English no. tabloids there with the uh, with the cricket team. No, so big summer of cricket coming. Um, should right. we get into the questions? Because we have got quite a few, because I hadn't turned on the hotline for a while. I turned it on the other day and I thought, right, we need to get onto this because people have given their time to send us questions. So as they say in the classics, roll it, Big Daddy. 
Hey, Howie and Das, it's Jane from Aubrey. Hey, I just wanted to say that I'm absolutely loving the new artist series podcast. The Paul Kelly one was great and, of course, the Kevin Parker Thank one you. too. Really, really looking forward to this In Excess one that's coming out. Quick question though, do the artists give you special permission to use their music in the podcast or are they just really big fans or do you have to huh. pay them to do it? Jane, that might be the best question we've been asked <laughs> On the hotline. Um, you've been partly across this, Dars. Where, where, where do I start, do you reckon? Start with the payment. Do you pay them? Well, no. But to license music is an extraordinary complicated thing. So Paul Kelly came on the show to launch his new song, fantastic song about Eddie Betts. So he gave us permission because he is the sole artist, uh, sole artist and owns his own record catalogue. And that's important to point out. My man, Tame Impala, big Kev Parker, we went through his record label and they said, okay, you can use five songs we asked for. You can only play less than 30 seconds, which is what we asked for. So spinning top, they were absolutely unbelievable. But then, my man, we get to In Excess and the people involved <laughs> could not have been better. I'll give you a snapshot of what's required though. There are more than one publisher. There is more than yeah. one publisher with NXS Music because uh, Farris and Hutchins, represented by different organisations, wrote right. the tunes together. Then there are various other members of the band. So from where we started a million to one to be allowed to use any NXS Music, we've now been given the option to use five songs under 30 seconds, which is brilliant and it is so generous of them because there's normally big rights fees attached to using artist music, as it should be, because that's the way they're making their money. So we had to get sign-off from one side here, Universal Music, and then we had to get sign-off from the Hutchins uh, estate side of things, which is Warner Chapel, and then the fine people with Sam at Murphy Petrol Group said we can use the Masters as well. So it took two weeks from introducing ourselves to these people in about a thousand emails, but we were I was gonna say just a couple of quick emails. Oh mate, mate. And it's it's not nothing to do with the organizations involved. There's legal letters, there's I, I could have done a law degree in the last two weeks, but we got there and it's through the generosity of those people that were able to bring you some in excess music. And Jimmy Barnes is coming up soon, which we haven't announced yet, and he's given us uh, access to five or six songs in his solo catalogue as well. So, Jane, it's a great question. She's a complex operation, though, as it should be, because this is the way these people make money. Firstly, it's it's awesome as well because it makes the podcast. Yes. It, takes it, it just takes it to that next level and, you know, you can give an example when people are talking about specific songs or, you know, specific parts that they've written, you can play it and and much like the grabs that you put in the normal sports ones. But uh, also having people like In Excess, Tame Impala, Cold Chisel gives you a bit of clout for whenever you go and get that fifth or those sixth guests on. You can say, well, we've been given the rights to use it by these names. Um, so if you want to come on. Uh, we need a bit of love. So you're exactly right. So we are working towards Bono and you too. So yeah, right. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll let you know. Don't shake your head. No, no, oh, no. Well, we got, we'll get there. Mate, we'll you've, get there. Uh, you've surprised me the last couple of weeks. So, <laughs> you know, sky's the limit here. Good question, Jane. Thank you. Hi, Howie. It's the Bosco family here and I'm Zimri. We're on a huge road trip around Australia <laughs> and on the big long trips, we've loved listening to your podcast. One of our favourite podcasts is when Gilly interviews you. I love listening to when you went on your holiday and when you chased wild gorillas and you went to crowded <laughs> soccer matches. Hey, Howie, it's Wes here. 
as you might be able to hear we're on the road that's because we're traveling through the northern territory and because it's sort of boring we've been listening to a lot of your podcasts we've been (laughs) listening to also to some howie hotlines which has inspired us to ask a question we really like the song try 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 on your podcast so can you please put it on spotify for us and there's this part that we sort of stumble through and it sort of sounds like kings of rci or something like that and can you please tell us what that is special shout out to the pickle and the big penguin Oh, the Bosca family coming in hot nice. out of the Northern Territory on the road trip. Wouldn't you love to be on a road trip at the moment, my man? That'd be beautiful going through the Northern Territory oh. as well. Takes me back to driving up to Queensland several times when I was a kid with yes. the family. Saw point in my family, uh, myself and Erica, uh, my lovely wife, are meant to be in the Kimberleys this very day, but obviously due to the restrictions in WA, we can't be doing that. So now that is a multifaceted question. Uh, I can't... Uh, Due to music rights, I actually had a look. It is not on Spotify, but Bosca family, all you need to do is Google Billy Mystic Try, Try, Try. He will pop up there on YouTube. You'll see the great man walk in with his dreadlocks. He sits down and plays the song so you can listen to there. Listen to it there. Now, the next question, Dust, this is a history lesson for you. He talks about the, the bit you're missing, guys. He talks about... King Selassie. Now, this is Das, Haley Selassie, who was the emperor of okay. Ethiopia in the late 1930s for about 40 years, and he was heavily involved at the beginning of the Rastafarian movement, which is getting a little bit technical for the kids in the car, but obviously that took off in the West Indies and Jamaica. So uh, Haile Selassie, the emperor, is a hero amongst many people in the West Indies and especially Jamaica, Um, and that is why Billy is mentioning him in that song. So the bit you can't quite hear, he talks about in Selassie's eyes, that's the emperor. So I didn't think we'd be going into a history Ah, lesson, but there you you go. Does it say King King Selassie's eyes? Yeah, it does. It does. Because I always thought it said it was saying Kingston. Like no, the capital no, of Jamaica. Not, not the capital, right. no. And he also mentions, no. to go off in a complete uh, complete angle here, he also mentions Jar. If you listen to the song, he mentions Jar. Jar is seen as the top of the Rastafarian religion. So I don't want to get too far into religion because it's not my area of expertise, but he, from what I can gather, is seen as uh, the equivalent of the Lord in the Rastafarian religion. So, huh. yeah, I hope I, the kids will be the kids will be asleep wow. in the back of the car now. They'll be listening to this hotline <laughs> and mum and dad will say, geez, finally Howie sent them to sleep. <laughs> Thank you, guys. G'day, Howie. It's Brad Davies, mate, calling from the beautiful Kimberley region of WA, oh, currently oh, near oh, the Bungle Bungles, uh, where I'm travelling around Australia at the moment, mate, and it's a fabulous country, I've got to say. Um Mate, I'm an ex-rugby union player. I noticed that you uh, haven't had too many um, or any rugby union players interviewed yet, so I thought I might make those suggestions. Perhaps people like John Eels or David Pocock would be great. Tim Horan and Matt Burke, guys who, like you, are now commentating on television. Uh, Author Peter Fitzsimons uh, or the legendary uh, Indigenous player Mark Eller. Um, Some some people you might want to think about. Keep up the good work, mate, and... uh, Hope you can land one of these rugby union players soon. Cheers. Thanks, Brad. Uh, so he's in the Kim- so everybody's up in the Northern Territory or the Kimberleys except me at the moment. And me. Uh, great suggestions. Yeah, and you. Um, <laughs> I need to get uh, some rugby union content on the show. I think David Pocock's a man that's done some amazing things in the community. He would be absolutely fantastic. Peter Fitzsimons. 
I thought about him to ask for the artist series. He is a columnist. Yes. And he has written some amazing historical books. I read his book about Kokoda which is mm-hmm. mind-blowing. So I will try and track him down for you, Brad, because... I reckon he'd be an awesome guest. Yeah, he, yeah, very intelligent man. He'd probably blow me to bits. So we need to do a bit of research, but yeah, I think he'd be good, mate. G'day, guys. Brad from Canberra here. The Olympic Games are on as I record this, so by the time your episode comes out, they'll no doubt be finished. So I've got a question for you. Who is it that you've never heard of prior to the Olympic mm-hmm. Games, but they're now hot on your list as someone you'd love to try and catch up with and speak to in the future? For me personally, I'd also be really keen to hear from a couple of the big names of cycling, Matty Keenan, the new voice of cycling, and, of course, Robbie McEwen, a multiple green jersey winner from the Tour de France. Thanks very much. Keep up the good work. Good on you, Brad, from Canberra. Appreciate that. Uh, have you got one suggestion? I'm putting you on the spot here, mate. Oh, I mean, after the Olympics, surely everyone would have wanted you to interview Jess Fox. That was my um you know, my favourite moment from the Olympics was her winning the the gold in the canoeing. Yes. Uh, yeah. So then you got on about two weeks two weeks later. So tick that box. We don't mess around, brother. We, we strike while the iron's hot. Uh, the, the one, the one that I must admit to to my detriment, I knew very little about was Curtis McGrath in the Paralympics. This man will come out on the show. I reckon around the launch of his new book, which is a stunning read, keep an eye out for that, on the 28th of October. This is a man that served his country in Afghanistan, was involved in an explosion with an IED where he lost both legs. Das, his descriptions of what life is like in the modern Australian army and the trainings involved and his job, which was to basically go out uh, in the front of any forward movement and scour the plains of Afghanistan for these IEDs, which eventually brought him undone, is extraordinary to listen to. Uh, The descriptions he has of when he thought he was going to die in the desert in Afghanistan left me stunned. It's, um, yeah, it's an episode that I hope everybody gets to listen to. So, yeah, Dunk, that's the one And he speaks so well. And he speaks so well and so articulate. And it's almost like he's talking about someone else. Like, he, he is talking, and it's brutal. He's talking about looking at having his legs blown off and one mm. of his roles within his group is to be the medic. So he's instructing those around him what to do to keep him alive. It's an extraordinary story. So Curtis McGrath, for me, one of the uh, more amazing stories I've heard on the show. G'day, Howie. G'day, Das. My name's Josh and I'm currently on the island of... Scotland, which is in the Baltic Sea, uh, about 150, 180 kilometres away from Stockholm, where I live over in Sweden. Uh, I'm really excited to get my hands on some merch when that becomes available. I am a touch concerned, though I must admit as a Triple M listener, as to how the merch will be received by one particular individual. Um, I'm thinking, of course, of the Chief. He already thinks that Howie's well above his station and supported there by, of course, Noodles Brown on the Friday Huddle and... (laughs) I'm just a little bit concerned about how the Chief might respond to the side of people wandering around and how his games merchandise. I'll take the jacket off so you blokes can relax and we'll just <laughs> arm things down and uh, have a look at this. this is... Have a look at this. The Howie Games line of merchandise has been launched us. Where, uh, what do you reckon? He's basically using his own life as a platform here on this program uh, to think... sell more merchandise. And he's have a look at it. You wouldn't have wipe the that. grin. If he was an ice cream, he'd lick himself right now. I think the whole uh, Friday Huddle has become one big platform for Howie's <laughs> yes. promotion. 
In all seriousness, though, get around each other in lockdown. So I'm thinking of you all back home. I've got family back home in Bendigo and in Gisborne. So look after each other. And thank you so much for all of the hard work with the Howie Games podcast. And an extra big shout-out to the Pickle, the Big Penguin, and to Erica, a.k.a. the Distribution Centre. Look after yourselves, guys. All the best. Bye. Thank you, Josh. It's people listening wow. in the Baltic Sea Dars. How good is that? That is awesome. And that was uh, that was a video message as well, wasn't it? Yes, if it I was. remember correctly, yeah, yeah, he stopped on the side of the road on a on uh, in the middle of his yeah, ride. He did. You could hear the birds chirping in the Scandinavian yeah. forest in the background. So the bit in the middle, which you kindly put in there, that was when I actually launched the merchandise for the first time, unbeknownst to the guys I work with at Triple M on the radio. So I had a jacket on over the top of the Howie Games jumper. And then hello and welcome to Friday Night Football. Took the jacket off to stun silence. Josh, you'd be happy <laughs> I planned it when the chief Jason Dunstall wasn't there. But what I didn't appreciate, Dars, is the power of radio and th- that product on Triple M Football goes as a podcast as well. So it was the first time anyone knew about it. And all of a sudden, the old email just came <laughs> flooding in. And Erica said to me, oh, you thought we'd get two or three of these a day. They are flooding in. So the first two weeks was intense uh, trying to get all the gear out. But hopefully everybody that's ordered it at HowieGames.com has liked the caps and the hats and the T-shirts. Um, yeah, it's just an interesting experience though, bro. <laughs> How is uh, – give us a bit of an update on the merch situation. How is uh, numbers going and uh, the warehouse, a.k.a. your garage and We're still doing it out of the garage. We're still doing it out of the garage. It'd be fair to say we've over-ordered on kid sizes okay. and under-ordered on XXL. Like XXL on me is it's like a doona, but there's a lot of big cats yeah, right. that obviously listen to the Howie games. Okay. So we've run a bit short on the double XLs, but uh, I think I think there's enough of everything in there at the moment. Uh, Australia Post probably hasn't really come to the party. I don't know if you've seen on the news where the distribution <laughs> so, centres only, only takes two months for things to travel from <laughs> Bow and Eds to Melbourne. And they've got issues, obviously, because a lot of people are in quarantine. Yeah. So the good people at Australia Post, they're doing their best. No, it's been good. It's been good. Um, okay. We've only lost at this stage a small fortune. We started off <laughs> losing a large fortune. We've cut it down to a small fortune now. So please buy something before Christmas. Yeah, I was about to say. So if you if there are any uh, any little tackers that are uh, Howie Games fans that are in need of some new rags, uh, you yes. can get them a kid size Howie Games. Sweater or, or T-shirt. Yeah, you can. We're going to put out a uh, – we'll put out one of those coupon things shortly with a Christmas discount. I just need to how to figure out oh, how nice. to use use it on the on the website because I, I tried to set one up the other day and I tried to make it a 15% discount and it, just as I was about to hit play and launch the whole thing, I realised I'd made it an 85% <laughs> discount. So I need to just, just tweak the system a little bit, brother. Thanks, Josh. Yeah, g'day, Howie. Uh, it's just Dylan from regional Victoria. I do. As a new father to a little boy, um, I'm super excited being able to share some uh, sporting memories with him. Um, so, like, I remember things with my old man, like getting up really early to watch uh, Cadell Evans win the Tour <laughs> de France or watch a Usain Bolt uh, run, run the 100 metres in uh, Beijing. Um, even things like games of footy, a uh, big one for us was watching Roddick take on Federer in the Wimbledon final. Like, I remember getting woken up at 2 a.m. to watch that and we watched the whole thing. Um, is there anything that sort of sticks out between you and the uh, Big Penguin or even the Pickle of moments or sporting events that you sort of look back on now together? Uh, keep up the good work, mate. Thanks. See ya. Love it, Dill. 
What about your folks, Dars? Did they take you to any sporting event that sticks in your mind? Oh, like yeah. A, a, another oh, one yeah. of the Cats grand final losses or anything like that? Yeah, no, I went to that. Uh, went to that 08 one, went to the 07 one when we, um, when we pumped them as well. Um, I think my, yeah, main memories of, of going to sports when I was a kid was um, going, to the, going to the footy at Cadinia Park with my mum, uh, you know, when you're in grade two or three yeah. and you're getting dragged along to a wet and cold, windy Sunday match, mm. uh, you're thinking, what the hell is this all about? But then, you know, when you're an adult, you look back on it very fondly. So I, I can't wait to pay that forward when the, you know, when my time comes. Yeah, my dad, who worked a lot, I can recall him, the Eagle, Big Ian Howard, he picked me up from school, must have been at lunchtime one day, and he took me to my first ever one day at the SCG. I was probably nine and it was Australia versus the West Indies and I reckon you won't remember this bloke Stumpy Laird Bruce Laird made a hundred and the Australians beat the West Indians which never happened and I Mm. can remember it vividly as far as my kids Dylan because I'm at so much sport the sport they come to with me they're sitting in the side of the commentary box so I don't get to interact with them a great deal but I had a rare weekend off and talk took them to see their first AFL game probably three years ago and the Hawks beat the Bombers by a point and I can still remember them jumping around. Mac was pretty young at that stage, so he was more interested in trying to see the big chicken, which was the Hawthorne mascot, but he right. thought it was a big a big chicken. Right. But, uh, yeah, hopefully uh, I get to take them to a few more sporting events rather than just working at them all. But it's a great question, Dion. Good luck with your young family, mate. I hope you get to spend many times uh, that you remember at sporting events with them. Yeah. Hey, Howie. It's Henry from Blackies. Big fan of the show. Keep up the great work. We are into week eight of lockdowns here and we are doing a school project. Mine is about whether cricket has changed for the better or the worse. Heard you ask this about Greg Chappell, but just wondering about your opinion. Since you started watching cricket, has it got better or worse? Henry, good question. Good question. I think it's undoubtedly got better for mine because we can see so much more of it. Henry, back in the olden days when I was growing up and I was your age, we only could watch the cricket when the first test started in Brisbane at the start of December and by the end of January and the uh, tri-series would be finished and that was it for the cricket. So I think the fact that you can watch cricket all year round now is absolutely brilliant. You know, Fox Cricket's got a 24-hour channel. Uh, you know, they've got that much cricket on. I think the different formats make to it. It's, um, it's a fairly dynamic game these days. But what I am finding, Henry, and this is quite bizarre, Das, is that the younger generation, kids the big Penguins' age, they start to love all these international players. So he has been on to me for six weeks after we watched England play India in England. This is what I'm saying, which I couldn't do when I was growing up. He's fallen for Jimmy Anderson and Joe Root. He's like, Dad, can you get Jimmy Anderson and Joe Root? I'm trying to say, what about the Aussie boys? So the kids (laughs) now, like Henry or the Big Penguin or the Pickle, they love the international players as well. So I have got that many messages from kids saying, can you get Jimmy Anderson on, which I actually forwarded those messages to Jimmy, and that's what convinced him to come on the show because he thought everyone in Australia oh, can't awesome. cop him. But the kids love him, so he's coming up soon. So I think it's a better game, Henry. I think it's a better game. Hey, Howie. Josh here from Caulfield. Just wondering, how come you do part A and part B for your podcasts? Is it just because basically you're doubling your stats? Thanks. See ya. Hmm. Good question. Sharp, sharp question. It certainly does double the numbers. There's no doubt about that. But uh, the man in charge of our operation, the great totters, Grant Tothill, sat me down one day, Das, and showed me a wealth of statistical information basically saying that people listen to podcasts for about 45 minutes 
and then they tend to drift off. Now, and I said to him, yeah, but you know, you're talking elite content here on the Howie games of an hour and a half. I think we can keep the audience going. And he said, no, Howie, I don't think you can keep the audience going. And we discussed splitting into two. So it does get you double the downloads, but it's more about the fact that people as far as their total listening time, I think they call it in the, in the caper yeah. das. It, it's sort of around that 40 to 45 minutes, isn't it? You're, you're the guru in this department. Yeah, yeah, no, that, that, that's uh, 100% is it. I think they just find that, yeah, the completion rates of the episodes are greater when they're around that 40. Uh, I think it's sort of like 20 to, to 40 minutes and it's it's pretty much in, in line with your a commute to work or yeah. going for a run or going for a, uh, a walk or a workout, those things always, you know, they range from about, you know, 20 minutes to, to 40 minutes. And we've, we've found that if you, if you make an episode that slots into an activity in someone's life, yeah, it's a good description. people are more inclined to listen to it. You know, if, they, if they're scrolling on their phone and they see that an episode goes for 40 minutes instead of going for two hours, they go, oh, I can knock that out you know, on this run. Your man, Joe Rogan, he does sort of three and a half hour style operations. That's a long, sure. long conversation. Uh, so, yeah. It, it yeah. works for him. Yeah, I guess so. I, uh, you know, I, I prefer shorter, shorter, sharper stuff. I think I, I'd look at a, I'd look at a three hour thing and I'm like, oh, that's going to take me several goes to knock out. So that's, uh, that's basically why, Joshy. Good question though. Good question. Hey, Howie. It's Jen here from Mitter Mitter in Victoria. Just letting you know, love the podcast. You do such an awesome job. Um, just wondering when your merch is going to be available, mate. Also, a uh, question for you would be, who is the most famous or non-famous person that you've met that's impacted you the most? Uh, clearly, uh, it might have been Robert Redford, but, uh, yeah, you actually didn't speak to him. Anyway, love your work. Cheers, mate. Bye. Hmm. Thank you. She's obviously a frequent listener to know that Robert Redford story. Thank you, Jen. <laughs> obviously, the, the merch is now out, howiegames.com. You can just click on the shop and, and buy away, which Jen has done. I, I did send a card to Jen up in mid mid the other day for her fella. Ooh, well-known people that have made an impact on me. Uh, question without notice, probably two. I was very fortunate 10, 12 years ago, the first thing I really got into commentating was the Iron Man and Trevor Hendy who's just the most beautiful man I think I've ever met and got to kick around with Trev and get his understand, his views on life and the importance of family and expanding your mind and travel and not getting weighed down. He's a life coach these days, Trevor, as well as being one of the greatest Ironman this country has ever seen. So I think Trevor Hendy and also uh, Adam Gilchrist, I, I grew up watching Gilly and to go to work with him every day and spend time with him because we spend so much time away over the summer. Gilly's normally my go-to for lunch or dinner. Uh, he's just taught me a lot about how to respect people, how to give everyone some time, even when you're as big as Gilly is, because he does give everybody time. Even if he's out for dinner and people come and say hello, he's always genuine and warm in that conversation. And he's a really good leader of people. So hopefully I picked up a few leadership uh, tips from Gilly as well. Um, so mm. there'd be those two for me. Great answer. Great question. Hi, Howie. Henry here. And I'm Henry. calling from Victoria, Australia. <laughs> I'm 11 years old and I love the show. Thanks. My favourite episodes are Elise Perry, Steve Smith, Nit Nat Nui, and a lot more. My question is, if you could get a couple more past day Hawthorne greats on the show. Thanks. Bye. Oh, 
this is a good question. A very good question from Henry, who's uh, seen a bit of Hawthorne success if he's age 11. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, that's, you're not the first person to ask that. I need to get on the show, I reckon, Jared Roughhead, Luke Hodge, the new coach, Sam Mitchell, uh, and possibly Jordan Lewis. And the coach as well. I think that would be a good starting point. So I'll uh, next AFL season I'll try and get you a couple of Hawthorne legends on. You'd like those, Dars. So I really Yeah, you, I you, was about to say, maybe you, could start, maybe you could start up a new <laughs> Hawthorne podcast and stop clogging up the Howie Games feed. Because I've got them. time to start a new podcast. <laughs> I, I, I've got time to just knock another one out. Thanks, Henry. We'll try and get some of the Hawks on for you. And uh, good man. I hope you're uh, back at school now, mate, that things are easing up. We appreciate your time, Henry, from Victoria in Australia. Hey, Howie. Josh here from Caulfield. Big fan of the show. Um, my question about your podcast is, is it actually making any money for you? And uh, why don't you have ads in every episode? Surely with that many downloads, you should be. Um, you really deserve it. Keep up the great work. Thanks. See ya. Joshy, again. Second Joshy, question for the day. Ask some good questions. How far do we go into this one, Darce, as far as the episode? Uh, well, how far are you willing to go? Well, <laughs> the answer is, is it make much money? For the amount of hours that go into it, um, I reckon I probably make about a dollar fourteen an hour. Right, <laughs> but then there is a lot of hours go into it. Yeah, no, a lot it's of not, hours. Yes, yeah, it's not a, it's not, um, it's not a money making exercise to be honest, Josh. In relation to uh, my main income streams, which are, are Triple M and um, and Fox, who are both very very generous employers, so I uh, th- that is where the majority of my income comes from. It, it's not really uh, any uh, money making thing. The podcast, as far as the ads go, that's a really interesting question. I think people are starting to ask these questions to ask because they're becoming so much more savvy about podcasts. So, listener, have a sales team led up by the wonderful Kim Norman. And they go out into the market. So if they're um, at, at various stages at the moment, there is too many sponsors to be able to get them because we have exclusivity. So if you sponsor for a month, it is only you. So we've had a couple of months recently where they've had to decide between one sponsor and a second sponsor. Mm. But if there's no ads, it's because at that particular point, there's no sponsor queued up in the line to be on the podcast at that stage. A couple of people have said to me, why do you have ads on your podcast? which little annoys me in life. I don't understand that question. When you watch television, you have ads. When you listen to the radio, you have ads. When you read the paper, you have ads. When you listen to a podcast, you have ads because people are needing to pay people to provide these service. So therefore they are ads and we are very appreciative of any of the partners that jump on the show. But yeah, if there's no sponsor that month, it's because there's nothing queued up. That's a fair description of the totally. way it works, isn't it, Dars? Uh, yeah, and it's, it's interesting as well. You know, I've been working in podcasting, or as as you have for uh, four or five years now. And from where it was oh, back in in twenty sixteen or twenty seventeen, compared to where it is now, it's come leaps and bounds. And the amount of advertisers that have jumped on board, and um, you know, the listenership and and stuff like that, has has skyrocketed um, by you know hundreds of percent. Um, over the last couple of years, but still, as you're saying there, it's you can't quit your day job, and it's not your number one <sighs> money making exercise. No. And um, you know, if you're if you're in the you know, you know Howie Games is in the top, I, I don't know, ten or or twenty podcasts in Australia, and it's still only making you you know a dollar an hour. It shows that there is still a long you know there's untapped territory here with podcasts, and there's still 
um, a long way to go in terms of expansion and, and what's possible. Um, but you have to be, you know, you have to be getting lots and lots and lots of downloads if, if podcasting's, you know, wanting to be your, your sole your boys, your boys that you always defer to, and whenever they say jump, you jump. Uh, old Hamish and Andy. Now they, they are there. Now I think they're they're going okay. And actually, we're doing an episode with Andy next week. We're recording, aren't we, to go out on the artist yep. series, which I'm looking forward to. Um, I'll get to see you know you go in and polish his shoes and check his hair's okay and make sure his lunch is there and and just give him the full treatment that you do for those boys. Yeah. <laughs> but you know they're number one, and they, you know, they're, they are they're, by a fair way too. But they're still doing other jobs as well. You know, they're like I think they'd be the sort of the same as you, mate. Like it's they're not doing it. They no. they do it for the love as well. They're not doing it because it's no, you know exactly. financing financing their lives. So um, to give people yeah. an idea of the size of Hamish and Andy, I think in the last podcast ranker, uh, the Howie Games had maybe seven hundred and. 90,000 people downloaded an episode, 790,000 downloads for the month. Mm -hmm. Hamish and Andy, and I think that was maybe eighth eighth in the country of all podcasts, and there's a majority of news podcasts in front of it. And then I think the second gets to about 1.2 million. Hamish and Andy, I think, were 2.2 million downloads for the month, Dar. So I can see why you give them all your time because they are an extraordinary operation, those two blokes. Yeah, it goes well, but they put a hell of a lot of effort into it as well, you know. There's yeah. a, a lot of planning and effort goes into each episode. So both you and them, you know, it's well-deserved. You see the you see the, um, the effort that it takes on the back end and I'm stoked that it carries through to listenership and sponsorship. Yep, spot on. And, Josh, the, the other point is I think – advertisers are beginning to realise that it is a lot more of a warm message that can be delivered, delivered a personal message that can be delivered through podcasting for their products as opposed to possibly TV where it just sort of comes at you whether, you know, if I read the ad, hopefully I, I can bring a connection between the person and the ad and the product. So I think that's why a lot more advertisers are getting in. It's a good question though, Josh. We better keep rolling here, Darcy. We'll be here all day. Let's go. Hey, Mark, it's Mike here. How are you going? Good. I've been a long-term listener of your show. In fact, I, I listened to your very first podcast when it first came out and <laughs> have never stopped listening. I Thanks. love what you do. I love the way that you interact with your guests and the, and the type of questions you ask. So much so it actually inspired me to um, start my own small podcast up. It's a private one that I do uh, in a group of guys who train not only physically but to help with mindset and um, cool. your podcasts every week uh, quite frequently come up in our conversations. So I want to thank you for that. <clears throat> the question I've got for you is this though, what's your North Star, Mark? Where do you want this to go? What sorts of outcome are you looking um, in the future for this podcast? Not only for your podcast, but your whole career. It really has been fascinating over the last few years listening to where you've taken this. And I think you would agree yourself when you first started, it's um, you didn't know where it was going to go and, and how far you could take it. I'd love to know where you think you can go with this, whether it be international or whether you just want to be the best it can be locally. Um, is there TV specials involved? Yeah. I don't know. Thanks again, Mark. Really appreciate uh, everything you do and love listening to you, Guru. 
Cheers, mate. A couple of points Great there. One, question. One, we need to get Mike on the books. If he's thinking TV specials, we need to get Mike on board. I don't know what you're doing sitting up there smoking your pipe in South Melbourne and uh, Mike's bringing <laughs> suggestions to the table. I liked it. The other thing is I really enjoy the positivity on the hotline. Um, if I could replicate the positivity on the hotline into my social media feed, I'd wake up every day thinking I was king of the world. So thank you mm. for all the positivity. The North Star, that's an interesting expression. Um, I don't career-wise, I don't know, mate. We'll just keep sort of rolling along as we are. But as far as the podcast goes, I think, Das, we've made a real effort to get some more international guests on in the last year, which is certainly increasing the imprint of the show internationally. I think the main focus at the moment, though, has been sending out the Artist Series, which, you know, is a bit of a bolt from the blue, but that seems to have been well-received. So we'll hopefully continue down that path and expand it there. And, uh, so I I've discussed this with you. We can't talk about it here, but I've got another episode, another uh, concept up my sleeve, which I think is an absolutely cracking podcast in, in the world of sport, but I just don't have the time to do it at the moment. So maybe we might get that one up and running next year. But the Artist Series is probably the main focus at the moment yeah. as far as expanding the whole show. It's interesting, it's, uh, like what I was saying before, how far things have come in the last five years. No one, you nor I, probably envisioned what the what the podcast was gonna no. was gonna be in in five years' time. You really just sort of got to roll with it, don't you? And and see because who knows what's going to happen in a, in another five years? You know, I, I think if you would have told yourself back in twenty seventeen that you'd have a range of merchandise and <laughs> the, the pod would be big enough that we'd be doing episodes like this, answering people's questions and um, yeah, you know, you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have, have dreamt of that in a million years. So I'm excited about the potential of what's to come over, you know, over the next few years, but to be able to, um, predict, I, I guess what will happen yeah. is impossible. Yeah. Spot on. Well, mate, I, I'm excited. If you're excited, we'll continue to push on. It couldn't happen without the listeners. You find mm. people out there that listen every week. And, and I often say this to people when they send me a social social media message. If you could do me a favour and actually do this and recommend the show to one person that doesn't know about podcasting or doesn't know about this particular podcast, that enables the show to grow, which means we do have more sponsors, which means we can do more episodes. So it seems such a simple thing to say to a mate, hey, have you heard this podcast? They may hate it, but at least give them the opportunity. Yes, just like recommending a book or a, or a Netflix series, um, it, it makes a massive difference to us. But thanks, Mike, um, and we'll uh, we'll get you on board soon because you got some ideas. G'day, Howie. Tony here from Breadbow in rural New South Wales. Just wanted to thank you for your podcast, getting me through some big days of repetitive manual labour. Uh, without a doubt, the Scuds Bell story is my <laughs> highlight. I've uh, just got some guest suggestions for you. I'd love to hear you talk to AB and particularly delve into his selector role. I don't know how you would keep track of every cricket in the country. Uh, also, a father and son you could get on would be Craig and Ben McDermott. And something from left field, if you can track down Troy Dunn, the pro bull rider. I think there's something really special about folks that do that for a living. Cheers, mate. Great suggestions. Great suggestions. Uh, I actually, because you sent me Tony's question earlier on today, Das, I actually emailed the great AR Border this morning to ask him if he'd come on the show. Um, he has been, as a kid, he was my sporting hero and I'm lucky enough to work with him at Fox. And I think because I'm so in awe of him, I've never asked him to come on the show in case he said no and I'd be flat for the rest of my life. So <laughs> I put the request in um, and we'll see if we can get AB on you. But I appreciate the positive message, Tone, and I'm glad the pod's uh, getting you through your day. Great, man. Hey, Howie. I'm a massive fan of the show. Love it. 
um, just watching Carlton versus North on Foxtel. And um, can you please have a word to the people who operate the cameras? Uh, no more shots from uh, behind the goal when people are taking shots at goal. It's impossible to see if it's going in or if it's missing. Thanks, mate. I'm not sure who that was from. We didn't have a name on that one, did we, Dars? No, there was there was no name. But I've got some strong thoughts on on footy camera work as well. Well, okay. I'll um I'll give you my viewpoint, and then you can tell me your about your viewpoint. So this is in modern football coverage the most divisive issue because every game I call on social media at Markout03 on Fox Footy, I'll get fifty percent. I'll get. Seven or eight messages a game for the four and seven or eight messages a game. And that's not an over-exaggeration saying, why do you show behind the shots goals? Wow. Just by the way, I'm not direct. I'm not directing the coverage. Mm. I need to point that out. And the other 50% are saying, why do you not show more behind the shots goals? Because we can really see what is happening. So in response to that, it's half a dozen of one, half a dozen of the other. People are very, very, very strong in their opinions on this one, Das, and you obviously are as well, big boy. With football, uh, especially especially the modern game where there's so many tactics involved setting up behind the play, yep. uh, the camera work is focused far too um, – it's far too zoomed in on, say, when the ball's in dispute. Too it's, tight, you reckon? It's, it's way too tight. So you have no idea what's happening, you know, 10 metres to either side of the play. Personally, the, the way I'd love to watch football would be if, if it was a wide angle all the time because I really don't need it to be zoomed in, um, seeing what's happening on the bottom of the pack that usually just ends up in a, in a ball up anyway. Um, and second of all, you know, I, I think back to the 15 – 20 years ago when Foxtel Digital was in its infancy or it had just come out and you, you could press red and choose your camera angle. And with modern technology with the streaming platforms and KO has come so far, yet the option has been taken away. And I, I, I really feel like, um, especially if KO wanted to do something different to um, and Fox Footy wanted to do something different to Channel 7, give the viewer the option if they wanted to maybe only stick with a behind-the-goal shot. Righto. I'll put it to the boss. I'll put it to the boss. As I say, people are very – what do you think is the best-covered sport in the world, TV style? That's a great question. I don't know. I'll give you one. Give me a minute to think about what do you What do you think? I think Australian sport is fantastic. I know I work for them. I think Fox's cricket coverage in the last two years with the various cameras and the Rover uh, and the flying Fox and the fact that we have a camera that can go down and talk to David Warner in the middle of a test match during his innings, I think is extraordinary. But people say I'm biased. But as far as world sport goes, I think it goes up 10% every year, which you need to do to keep the competition at bay. I reckon the NFL coverage is absolutely outstanding. From the commentary to the special comments, to the camera angles, the whole thing I think is absolutely brilliant. Um, yeah, NFL is outstanding. Totally. I, I don't watch enough NFL to be able to to really comment on that, but I'll definitely take your word for it. And I just think with the amount of money that gets uh, thrown at that sport, um, mm. it, it, there's no wonder. That's it. A good question though. Good question. Hey, Howie. I have a request for the Howie Games for someone that I don't particularly want to see on the Howie Games at all. And that's Nick Kyrgios. So, you know, with the audience that you have, um, kids and that growing up, I just don't believe that, you know, his attitude through life, you know, in and around sport, 
would be a particularly positive one. And, you know, I'm sure you probably won't even acknowledge <laughs> that I'm not interested in hearing from him. But um, yeah, just wanted to give you that feedback in case he was someone who was on your radar. Yeah, just all the negative you know, things around him and his attitude. I just don't think it'd be a particularly um, good story. So maybe that would be one to, to skip. Cheers. Bye. Hmm. Well, we've acknowledged it. Uh, I appreciate your opinion. I disagree. I couldn't disagree more, but everyone's entitled to their opinion. And I love the fact you sent it in. We tried to get Nick on a year ago during the last Australian summer and got reasonably close, but it wasn't able to happen. I think the whole idea of this podcast is to chat to people and portray them in the light that they really are. And I don't know what type of fella Nick Kyrgios is. I I love watching him play tennis. I love his showtime. Um, there's obviously some things he's done on the court before that don't reflect probably well on him as an athlete, but I would love to have him on the show to ask him these questions and find out what type of person he is because I, I, I've got no doubt deep down, well, I don't know. Deep down, I think he'd be a lovely fella and I think – we expect so much of our athletes and sometimes they can't live up to our expectations. I'd love the opportunity to have a chat with Nick and get him on the show. Uh, hasn't proven to be the fact so far that we've been able to get him on, but we'll keep plugging away and hopefully we can uh, we can show you that he's different to how you perceive him on a tennis court. Yeah, I completely agree. I think I've only ever seen snippets of Nick Kyrgios at press conferences or yeah. um, highlights of him blowing up on the court. Uh, and I think for him to have the opportunity to sit down um, in a comfortable environment for an hour and a half and have a have a one-on-one open and honest discussion about his life and um, how he how he treats tennis and how he views himself in the in the world of tennis would be amazing. I, I, I like you, Howie. I, I couldn't disagree more. In fact, I would he would almost be my number one who <sighs> I'd I'd love to get on the on the show. So if you can make that happen, that'd be. That'd be great. Well, we'll try and get him on. I thought Kev Parker, the Tame Impala, was your main man. But if you want to go up a notch with uh, Nick, we will see what we can do. I think that's it, isn't it? That's all the questions, isn't it, bro? That's it, mate. That is it. All right. How long have we been rolling here? It's um, a reasonably long version, but let's be honest, we've got nowhere else to go. We can't do anything else. We've gone 48. 48. You're off to play golf. Now, without uh, harping on it, last time I saw you on the golf course, you let down the Howie Games brand, you let down your family <laughs> name, you let down yourself. We're at a very nice course with David Evans, a fine supporter of this show <laughs> up at Cathedral, best golf course I've ever played on. And it'd be yeah. fair to say um, you were rubbish and you talked yourself yeah. up and oh, I, hope, I, I, hope you, I hope you play better today than you did that day where, as I said, <laughs> mate, you're a disgrace to the Darcy Thompson family name. Uh, yeah, well, um, I can't say that I will play better because I've spent the last three months in lockdown and haven't touched a golf club. So, um, but maybe, maybe that's what I've needed. Maybe I was taking it a little too seriously. Oh, mate, you've been a star. You've done a fantastic job and uh, I really appreciate it and getting another one of these out. The next time I'll see you in person is when we're with Andy where you'll forget my name and it'll be all about him, but I'm looking forward to recording <laughs> that episode and getting it out on the Artist Series as well with Andy Lee. That'll be fun, Guru. That'll be awesome. Yeah, that'll be great. Uh, all right, mate. Thanks, everyone, for listening. As I said at the start, 0434 694 301. Your questions are what make the hotline. Record them, WhatsApp them, message them through or leave a voice message at 0434 694 301. The Howie Games merch is at howiegames.com. Please buy some so I can buy the kids a Christmas present. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the show. Dash, well done to you, brother. Take it easy and hopefully we're out of lockdown soon. Good on you, mate. Yeah, you too, mate. Thanks for everyone for getting in touch. It means a lot. Stay safe. Peace and love. To replay, press 7. Message deleted. You have no more messages. 
listener.